Good morning and welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592, allamericangold.com, economics and history with attitude. News that disturbs the comfortable or comforts the disturbed, your choice. I prefer the latter. Uh, and then welcome to fellow tinfoil hat wearers. Adjust them well today because it is the day you've been waiting for, Fake News Friday. And we're going to do that today after the mid-break because Jason, Brian, and Joe are in a top-secret uh, partnership meeting right now. They're deciding the fate of the world as far as Patriot Radio News goes, Patriot Radio News Hour. And so they're, they're in a high-level meeting. So when they're free, they're going to come back in and join us probably after the break, mid-break. So we'll be good to go. Now, well, once again, welcome again to Fake News Friday. And boy, do we have a treat for you today. Ramon, who is by far the brains of this whole operation, the glue that keeps it all together, or our big toe like Sergeant Hawka in the movie Stripes, has done us a solid today with the fake news intro. And we're going to catch that later. And you're going to love it. It's almost like it's a legitimate, real deal bit that we're doing now. It's great. Now, today is National Nonprofit Day and National Massachusetts Day, or I like to call it Taxachusetts, because the birthplace of our American Revolution, where we went, basically went to war over taxes, is probably now one of the highest tax states in the country. It, it defies all logic. It's absolutely crazy. Now, one thing that's near and dear to my heart, yesterday was National Airborne Day or National Paratrooper Day, and, you know, I, I did 24 years in the military. I was airborne qualified, got to do a lot of jumps. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot more fun when you're on the ground safe and you know that you're alive, so that's all good. Anyone that you can walk away from, just like a landing in an airplane, is a good parachute jump. So that was yesterday. So getting back to National Massachusetts Day, well, the birthplace of the Revolution, the Boston Massacre, the Boston Tea Party, Lexington and Concord, Paul Revere, all that great stuff you learned in history class, you know, the shot heard around the world. Well, Sam Adams, the beer is now banned by a Boston area mayor up there. Okay, and at one point, I think the Minuteman statue was his days were numbered up there. I think I think they wanted to remove it because apparently, if you have a gun in your hand, that's offensive. Uh, Massachusetts also has some of the most strict gun control in the country, uh, so it's absolutely out of control now. Joe always talks about the Boston Tea Party. Now he gives you the the hard assets uh, version part of it, and where there was there was limited amount of of, of gold, the specie back then, and that uh, people they were had to resort to paper money, and and that always gets inflated, and there was never enough of it around, and it was very hard to deal with. Now the the backstory on the on the uh, Boston Tea Party is is very is incredible. Sam Adams was in charge of what was called the Sons of Liberty. Now, to the British, this was a terrorist organization because the Sons of Liberty had firebombed the royal governor's house. That tea that was in question belonged to the son of the royal governor. He kind of had a monopoly on that. And when they went to go get the tea off the ship, they dressed up as Mohawk Indians. Now, the reason they dress up as Mohawk Indians, any video you watch about it or the history books is like, oh, the the colonists dressed up as Mohawk Indians to disguise their identity. Usually they don't even talk about Mohawk Indians. They just say they dressed up as Indians to disguise their identity. That is the furthest thing from the truth you can possibly be. They dressed up as Mohawk Indians for a specific reason. They wanted to be identified that the Sons of Liberty had done this because, they, like I said, they had burned the royal governor's house down. Sam Adams was basically wanted by the British as a terrorist leader. You know, he was running a terrorist cell, basically, in the British eyes. And 
what happened was the royal governor said that Sam Adams' followers follow him around like little mohawks, which was a childlike reference to the Indians following around their leader blindly. So when they went on board that ship to dump the tea, they dressed as Mohawk Indians to send a message that, hey, yeah, this is who did it. The Sons of Liberty did it. And we're not disguising our identity at all. We're letting you know, Royal Governor, that Sam Adams' guys did this, okay? And the, the other thing that you don't understand, that people don't talk about too much, is that when that happened, the British flipped out. They, they closed colonial courts. They, they basically put the city under martial law. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a big deal. Okay, and that that's kind of where we come from. But so Ma- National Massachusetts Day, I guess if you live up in Massachusetts, you're having a great time. And but the the deep down history on this is that the place of our revolution, where it took place, where we wanted our freedom and liberty, is probably one of the most restrictive places for liberty there is, as far as gun control, as far as taxes. You know, it, it's kind of ironic that the, you know the shot heard around the world, Lexington and Concord, when when the British were marching down that road to get to Lexington Concord, they were going there for one particular reason, and that was to disarm the colonists so that they couldn't fight back. And they had no idea the hornet's nest they had just kicked, because once they got to Lexington Concord, we stopped them at the old North Bridge. If you remember your schoolhouse rock song, like uh, Ramon played the other day, the, the preamble, but the shot heard around the world, so we stopped them at the North Bridge, and then they had to get back to Massachusetts. Well, anybody that had a gun back then showed up, to take a shot at the British. So they were trying to march back in their columns on the way back, and we were hiding behind trees and, and stone walls and everything, and we were taking pot shots at the British, and they didn't think it was very sporting because back in those days you'd use Napoleonic tactics where you actually two sides fought each other, and, and you know after the, all the gunfire and the smoke cleared, whoever had the most guys left usually was the winner, or if you were able to flank somebody and to turn them, a lot of times the colonial militia would just run away. And uh, one time... George Washington was, was retreating, and one of his soldiers asked him, he said, General, are, are we retreating? He goes, no, we're advancing to the rear. Well, it made it sound so much better than retreat, you know. So Washington was amazing. We're lucky we had him. All right, on the next segment, we're going to talk about stuff that probably could have been on the fake news Friday, but just didn't quite make the cut or we just didn't have enough room for it. So we'll talk about it on the flip side. See you back on Fake News Friday. Ramon is bringing us back into the scene from the Rat Patrol. That was one of my favorite shows when I was growing up. Boy, that that and the and the TV show SWAT. Everybody in my neighborhood wanted to be the sniper with your hat turned backwards. But it, it's so funny in the Rat Patrol, they were always like two sand dunes away from each other, and it was kind of like Star Trek when the guy in the red shirt always gets killed. Well, the the German soldier that you never saw before always got killed, but the main characters always made it through a great show great show everybody wanted to drive a jeep with a 50 cal in the back i bet if you actually shot a jeep with a 50 cal it was flipping over from the recoil so just to recover we go over our specials again we have platinum platypus i'd like you to try to say that three times real fast platinum platypus at 890 dollars okay we have rolls of silver dimes at 60 dollars and we have rolls of quarters at 120 dollars okay so now i i don't know if uh Joe mentioned it or not, but I'm at the beach today, so I am basically beachside, oceanside, 
waves are lapping the shore. It's a beautiful day. My teacher friends are here. We're having a ball. Uh, it, it's just a great time. So we're having fun here today. And I have to say, the only birds you're going to hear in the background today, my, not my little ducks that are in my porch, but you might hear some seagulls off in the distance. Okay, so that's where I am, and I have having a good time. So we're going to do the, the fake news Friday today after the midterm mid mid break because um, Joe and Brian and Jason are in a meeting, and once they're once they're clear, if not, we have a backup person today. We have Brooke, Jason's wife, who can jump in on this, and, and Ramon, and we'll be good. So I want to start cover some. So these are some of the things that were sent to me that didn't quite make the cut. Well, I wouldn't say they make the cut. I just had the fake news Friday thing already set up yesterday. So I did add one story in on one of them. But have you heard about this American couple, these millennials that were biking across the world and they're, they quit their jobs. They're both vegetarians and, you know, they're very idealistic. And they thought that evil is a make-believe concept. That's what, that's their worldview. They thought that there was no evil in the world. Well, they were in Tajikistan, which was near the Afghan border, and they were rammed by a car of ISIS uh, fighters, and then they were stabbed to death. Now, these people had the best of intentions. They they had been all. It was like day hundred and three hundred and sixty nine of their of their world bike tour, and and you know evil is a make believe concept. Well, they ran right into it for sure at this border, and they were attacked by these ISIS guys, and I. I Get the idealism, but how can you be so naive on what is going on in the world if you're not looking at the headlines every day and, and to see that the world is a pretty cold, cruel place? It's up to you to do the best you can wherever you are to make the world a great place. Okay? Some were saying that these people should get the Darwin Award and all that. I'm like, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, these people had the best of intentions on what they were doing, but it just so happens that evil lurks. In lots of places, it's around in our country. It's, it's in pretty much everywhere there is. But you just have to be very careful. You have to have what's called situation awareness. When situational awareness, when you're around someplace and it doesn't look right, you know maybe you should get out of there or don't put yourself into places where bad things can happen. Like I don't go to bars because I, I, I it's just not good. Their fights could break out. You can end up getting beat up or, or over something stupid. Or you end up getting in a fight, and then you have a criminal charge put on you. So why why put yourself in that position? I, I try to steer clear of any type of confrontation. Uh, I'm I'm the, one of the nicest persons there is. Kill somebody with kindness. Be as nice as you can, and try to avoid these things. And I just feel so sorry for these people that they had this just such a great worldview, but it came back to bite them, unfortunately, because the world is a cold, cruel place. And you hear about these people that are hiking in Iran, let's say, and, and they, they're captured and they're, they're, they're charged as spies, or, or you're on a, a tour in some place that's not too friendly to Americans and you're kidnapped. You know, these. I would love to go see the pyramids in Egypt, but I am scared to death that my bus would get shot up by terrorists with AK-47, so I'm, I'm not going to go do that. Um, and that, that's just a terrible thing that you can't do that because of the world situation. Now, moving right along, there were American bomb parts found in Yemen. I don't know if you heard this story or not, but the, you know, the Saudis, with our basically tacit backing, are fighting the Houthi rebels in Yemen for control of that country. To their, that's to their south. And they bombed a bus the other day. 51 people were killed, 29 of which were children. And these were Mark 82 500-pound bombs. And when they recovered fragments from these bombs, and it hasn't been independently verified yet, but it's pretty obvious that this is what happened. 
They found cage codes or serial numbers from Lockheed Martin and General Dynamics bombs. And when a Pentagon uh, person was asked about this, they said, well, you know, well, we've sold these weapons to the United Arab Emirates, France, Saudi Arabia, uh, Iraq, Australia, Bahrain. You know, it's hard to say the source of these bombs. Obviously, you, you can't find a serial number because they're going to be pretty much obliterated. But they did find some coding on it that, that were they were able to find out that these were uh, Lockheed Martin General Dynamics pieces. Last week, we talked about how tow missiles were found in Syria that led right back to American manufacturers. And and these were found by the Syrian army in a place that was held you know, by, by rebels. And how did they get these weapons? How did how did all that come about? I mean, we you know we pretty much know that that the whole uh, Libya thing was basically an arms merchant, an arms gallery for for the whole world after that country fell when Gaddafi fell. Whether we had a hand in that or not, that has not been unraveled yet. It looks really bad on us and the State Department that they were and the CIA maybe that that was happening. But it the the weapons that are being sold all around the world. It's a very lucrative business. Now, I do have a question for Mr. David Hogg, who will gladly go stand in front of the NRA headquarters and protest about people being killed. But why is he not in front of Lockheed Martin and General Dynamics raising cane about 29 kids that were killed in a bus that got blown up? Why is he not in front of the Saudi embassy? Where is he? Is he controlled by people that Maybe is he on a payroll of somebody that's financing his operations that that, uh, maybe they don't want him to talk about that, but it's easy to talk about the NRA or it's easy to go pick on gun owners. But, well, we don't want to mess with these international corporations because, you know, they they are very lucrative businesses. Maybe some of the people that are supporting him also have financial interests. Who knows? But I want to know where is David Hogg on this? Why are you not out there? Why are you not up in Chicago, David Hogg? Why are you not up there? You have... 20, 30 people a weekend being killed up in, in uh, Chicago every weekend. That's terrible gun violence. Why are you not up there? Well, that's inconvenient because Rahm Emanuel controls that town, and he's a Democrat, and that looks really bad. That doesn't fit the narrative. Obviously, the mainstream media is never going to cover that, so that's a mess. Now, moving right along, in, in Detroit, Michigan, State Senator Betty Cook She's running uh, for a, a state office. She called her opponent, who is Asian. Her name is Stephanie Chang. She called, referred to her, her as Chin Chang or Chin Chong uh, during a campaign stop, and this is prompting outcries from the Asian community. And it and and this Betty Cook, who's an African American, I mean, this is terrible because now we have racism in this. But where is the mainstream media covering this? I haven't seen anything on this other than some alternative media sites. Why does the mainstream media not want to cover this? Well, once again, it doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the narrative. Okay? Um, why are they not covering all sorts of... Why, why are they not covering the 300 or so papers yesterday that ran op-eds against President Trump? That is definitely a coordinated attack on a sitting president. Now, if 300 conservative newspapers had done a... A, a collusion type activity where they published op-eds on a day against President Barack Obama or Bill Clinton, it would have been an outrage in this country. So it's a double standard, you know. The, and Joe's been talking about this: how people are getting deplatformed and they're trying to silence, you know, conservative media and conservative voices. Uh, we we talked about this earlier this week of how Google is tracking you and, and monitoring what you're saying, and possibly your people are getting knocked off of Twitter. 
they're getting knocked off of Facebook for their political beliefs, or they're getting blocked, shadow banned. All these things are going on, and it's, it's starting to be quite a mess. Okay, um, I, I, and I can keep going on and on and on here. I've got a couple more I want to talk about. The military parade. President Trump wanted to have a military parade uh, to celebrate our armed forces, and they were going to try to tie it into the uh, on Veterans Day, which used to be called Armistice Day. Uh, you know, this this November, and it's going to cost somewhere between ninety-two and a hundred million dollars to put on this parade, and it's just blown up so much that it's it's. I don't see how they can justify spending that much money on this parade. Now, obviously, the centennial anniversary of World War One is something we should you know, we should celebrate. I mean, that that is a major part of American history. I mean, that was the war to end all wars. It was to make the world safe for democracy. I mean, it was kind of the coming of age of our country because when when the men came back from World War One, you know, that's after we had the Roaring Twenties. After that, the economy was going great, and then we ended up in the Depression and you know, the way one war ends is the way the next war starts. And the way World War One ended, I was watching a documentary on this the other day, about especially the Middle East, the way the lines were drawn and, and the way people were, were packed into different borders really spawned the Second World War. Obviously, Hitler was trying to get back all the territory that he lost during World War Two, and he was, for the most part, appeased by European powers. And he's like, well, if, if, if we give you this, will you stop? They're like, yeah, I'm good. Give me that, and I'm done. And, and then he would just take one more piece of property and one more piece of property. And then at, at, at some point, you know, he made this stupid mistake of invading Poland. And that's what kicked off World War II. And that was a, that was a mess because then everybody jumped in on it. But once again, when, when the, uh, British prime minister came back with a, with a piece of paper in his hand saying peace in our time. And everyone knew that obviously we know in this audience that pieces of paper have very little value. Look at our dollar. It's lost 96 to 98 percent of its buying power since 1913. So any piece of paper, like a gun law, a gun law will not stop a bullet. Okay. So if you have all these gun laws and you think that's going to shield you from crime, you're sadly mistaken. Those poor people up up in uh, Tajikistan, if they had a, a, a cease and desist order against ISIS, oh, we have this court order. You can't touch us. I guess the knife went right through that. Okay. And that's how bad that when people with the best of intentions think, oh, but but the rule of law will, will cover everything, and it's not going to happen, okay? It's just not going to happen. So I, I, I'm getting back to this military parade. I'm kind of torn on this because, in a way, I want the soldiers to have the day off, and the sailors and the Marines and the airmen, anybody that have to do they should get a day off. If you want to treat the soldiers and, and, and say thank you to the soldiers, give them a day off. They would much rather do that. And, of course, everybody loves a parade, but at some point, that cost is just too much, and and, and that's and that's where we are on that one. Um, the F-22. Now, I was reading an article about this today. The, our Air Force originally wanted about 800 of these planes, and these are very expensive. Now, the F-22 actually is a very good fighter plane. It does it does what it says it'll do. I mean, it, it, it's a amazing. I think it's a fifth-generation fighter. has some stealth characteristics. It has recessed weapons panels. Uh, it can turn on a dime. It can jump sideways. This thing, this thing's amazing. Okay, now. They only they wanted 800. I think they got 187 of them, and then they shut the, the production line down, you know, maybe 10 years ago. And to bring back the production line would cost somewhere around 80 to 100 billion dollars to bring the production line back up. And then I, as I think I was reading it would be about 200 billion a copy to build these planes. That seems awful high to me, but that that's just catastrophic 
price-wise. We can't afford that. I mean, we're already in so much debt. And Joe yesterday was talking, or the day before, was talking about how military spending helped kick the GDP up. Well, that's government spending. That's tax dollars that are, that are getting spent to pump up the GDP. That's really not the GDP we want. We want civilian money to be spent to pump up the GDP. That's where we really need to go. So, and I can tell you firsthand, there's a ton of waste in the military. When I was when I was in, uh, when you'd get to the end of the fiscal year, I was a fire instructor. So if we had ammunition left over for that fiscal year, we'd have to go out to the range and shoot it all up. Now, I am the last person that needs to go out and shoot a rifle or shoot a machine gun because I qualified expert all the time. I don't need to be shooting that. No, yes, it's fun. I had a great time shooting it. But you need to bring people up on the range that need to requalify or need extra help in marksmanship, not me. So it was quite a waste for me to do that. And, you know, I, I don't know. It, it seems like we're, we're in a – it's a quite a mess that we're in fiscally and financially. So um, now moving right – my teacher's friends are up here waving to me right now, and uh, they're, they're kind of distracting me. You know, so we're having fun on the beach. One of them has to go back early for, to coach soccer. So the teacher's job never ends. So, Sarah, we'll see you later. And have a great soccer practice. Now let's get let's talk about Tesla. Now there there was a great quote today where Elon Musk actually said he went on he was not on weed when he said that he would take his company private. Now as a shareholder, are you kidding me? Are you going to accept that from from your president of your company that ah, I'm not on weed when I said I was going to take my company private? Then you have the whole issue of the Saudis that were going to bankroll it. All right, it is halftime on a Fake News Friday. We'll be back. Hopefully everybody's ready to go. And we'll see you later on the halftime. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Although President Trump's pro-tariff positions receive all the attention, a little-noticed executive appointment may be nearly as important. Makin Del Rahim, Trump's hand-picked leader of the antitrust division at the Department of Justice, is working hard to ensure more competition domestically. This move puts many Silicon Valley monopolies on edge. Small businesses create far more jobs than big business does, a fact lost on the pre-Trump Republican Party. President George W. Bush pursued policies favorable to big business, and it all cratered in 2008, handing the election to Barack Obama. Once the home of countless tech startups, Silicon Valley has devolved into a two-tiered society of haves and have-nots with little real competition. A mere handful of giant companies like Apple, Facebook, and Google have exploited the H-1B visa program and failed to compete with each other for labor, such that salaries have not kept up with the cost of living there. The latest average salary increase of tech workers in Silicon Valley, the region between San Francisco and San Jose, that is the birthplace of many familiar technology behemoths, is only 0.4% per year. That's because there's no real competition, only large companies that fight to maintain the status quo with themselves on top. The cost of living goes up, but real wages do not. The result is a large homeless population of people who simply cannot earn enough, even working multiple jobs, to afford housing. Monopolies interfere with a healthy distribution of wealth, creating enormous disparities more familiar in countries like Mexico, where a few people control much of the property. Big companies rarely innovate and in fact often stifle inventions that threaten their dominance. The largest Silicon Valley companies 
have been most responsible for changing our patent system from one that rewarded the inventor to one that favors big business. Trump's outspoken criticism of Amazon.com has led others in his administration and the Republican Party to look more critically at Silicon Valley monopolies like Facebook. The scrutiny is long overdue, and some antitrust enforcement may be just what the doctor ordered. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For the U.S. economy to flourish, free enterprise needs to be rewarded. Competition and capitalism need to be encouraged. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find alerts and strategies for strengthening our economy and standing against socialism. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Ramones bringing us back in. The summer never ends. That's a great song. That is my theme song for the for the beach and for the summer. I love it. Fake News Friday, 800-951-0592. Just to recap those specials, Platinum Platypus. Remember, say that three times fast. You can't do it. Platinum Platypuses at $890. Rolls of silver dimes at $60 a roll. Rolls of quarters at $120 a roll. Cash in on that great silver. Oh, let me give you a market update. I have no access to markets right now, so markets are either up or they're down. I don't know. And Monday, they'll either be up or down again. Who knows? And it doesn't matter because they either go up, they go down. Factors far out of our control influence all that, so who knows? I can give you the traffic and weather report right now in Phoenix, Arizona. The traffic report is it's congested. The weather report is it's hot. And there you go. I cannot be a weatherman only has to be right, like a baseball player, about 30% of the time to be successful. Okay, like a, a batter. He only has to have about a 300 batting average, and he, he makes millions of dollars. Okay, I'm a teacher. I make about $70,000 a year, but I get summers off, and I'm at the beach. So you got to love it. All right, fake news Friday. Ramon, who do we have with us? Who's, who's ready to play? Brooke is on the line. Yay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome, Brooke. How's it going? Thank you. Good. I'm excited All to right. do this. Now, I've been listening to fake news Friday. I think I'm ready. All right. You're going to rock it, by the way. Now, Yesterday, Joe was talking about how the the women of the Patriot Radio News Hour actually run the show. Like you're in charge of, of your household, and um, in my household, my wife runs runs everything. She wears the pants. She tells me what to do all the time. And and in, in Joe's case, um, Mrs. Double J, she's probably running that house. You know, remember she's the only one that can fix anything in his house. So we've got the brains yep. of the operation with you here today. Think- so that's awesome. Okay, I think so that's true quick. in Brian's house too, with oh, Carmen. Okay. I think that's true with her too. <laughs> got it, got it. Well, that's that's good to know. All right, so remember, fake news Friday. Two stories or three stories ripped from the headlines. Two are true, one is fake, and we're we're gonna have some fun with this today. All right, here we go. Hold Everybody on a second. Hold on, hold hold on a second. We've made this an official, an official part of the program. Therefore, it requires an official intro. Here we go. Uh-huh. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the others? Before I finish my song. From News Headquarters, this is Fake News. Body. 
Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What is real? How do you define real? Fake news Friday. Fake, 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 fake. All right, you're on. Oh, man, that <laughs> nice is job, great. Ramon. All right. Here we go. Story number one. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo stunned a crowd at a bill signing ceremony Wednesday when he said America was never that great as he mocked Trump's 2016 campaign slogan. It was never that great. We have not reached greatness. We will reach greatness only when every American is fully engaged. That's story one. Story two, a robot uses AI to find the images of Where's Waldo, thereby ruining Where's Waldo for five-year-olds. Built by creative agency Red Pepper, the robot called There's Waldo zeroes in on using facial recognition technology and then sends it to a Google AutoVision to determine within 95% reliability and then point out where the Waldo is on the page. And then story three, in California, the wildfires are so bad that the state government is authorized to pay prisoners up to $15 an hour to fight forest fires. 3,400 inmates working out of 43 conservation camps are participating and saving the state somewhere between 90 to $100 million a year. So is it story one, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said America was never great. Story two, a robot uses AI to find where's Waldo and ruining the worlds of five-year-olds. Or story number three, in California, prisoners are making $15 an hour to fight forest fires. Brooke, tell us what you think. Which one's fake? Um, man, um, I thought I knew. Um, I was going to go with three, but that one sounds real, too. I know that in Walmart they're using facial recognition um, technology already, so I was thinking that's, that's probably real. Um, gosh, I'm, I think I'm going to go with three just because I'm not totally sure. Okay, Brooke's going to go with three California firefighters. Okay, Ramon, what do you think? I I also believe that uh, the third story is uh, the fake story with the prisoners uh, doing it uh, for $15 an hour because there's no way they do it for minimum wage. Well, you're, you're both correct. That is the fake story. They actually don't even do it for minimum wage. They're only getting $2 an hour to fight forest fire. That's why they're saving oh, wow. 90 to $100 million a year. That's crazy, right? Do you think the, the folks from McDonald's would do it for $15 an hour, though? Well, you know what? They're all, they're not going to be that many people left working at McDonald's because the kiosks are going to remove all those people from you know for doing their job. What they Going need to do is have make, have a, make a robot that can fight fires. How about that? We just combine everything into one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it could be a Terminator robot because that thing is invincible. It could go into fire and never get get burned up especially that last one that was that would turn into liquid and, and make itself into a robot again so yeah there you go okay if that but, yeah, if that gets number- made that's going to be copyright patriot radio news hour by the way good all right so story one story one is true andrew cuomo and he had to walk that one back because he's st- even his own people were stunned at that one and then the, the robot that is a true story about finding where's waldo now i did not know this i looked it up there are 62 distinct waldo heads and 45 heads and bodies for Where's Waldo, and it took this computer an average time of 4.5 seconds to find the Where's Waldo on the page. So, I mean, I, I agree. I love when my kids had the Where's Waldo book. I loved it. That was that that was fun, and it did take a while to find it. Now this daggone computer has messed everything up by finding Where's Waldo in 4.5 seconds. You know, I, maybe the kids are going to have the little app now where they can put their phone over the Where's Waldo and find it. And there we are. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> That sounds plausible. <laughs> I know, I know. All right. So, uh, Ramon, do we have time to get into the round two, do you think? 
Yeah, we're just about a minute till. All right, I can get those stories, and I'll I'll go fast. All right, let's go. Here are the stories. All right, round two. Story one, 6,000 birds were found in a 1,000-square-foot home in Columbus, Ohio this week, prompting an animal cruelty investigation. The Humane Society rep said, overcrowding in this manner is not conducive to high quality of life for the birds or their caretakers. Story two, in an MSNBC interview this week, Nancy Pelosi's message to Democratic candidates was, I say to the candidates, do whatever you have to do, just win, prompting some critics to say that she's telling them to lie. And in story three, this one's terrible, Florida police seek a driver they say ran over a beloved tortoise at an elementary school. Police are looking for the driver of a light blue or silver sedan after it was seen on security footage speeding up to run over the beloved turtle named after the school. The turtle was named Jose after the San Jose Elementary School, and Jose lived with his mate Sandy and was loved by the students. So, you know, you have San Jose, you have Sandy and Jose. Oh, please let it be number three, please. (laughs) Okay, well, Brooke, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Ramon. I'm hoping that it's number three. Oh, well, that... we'll, fi- we'll find okay. out after the break. So this is a great okay. cliffhanger. Okay, we'll come back on the break and see if little poor little Jose was a fake story or not. Let's hope it is. I hope I don't break anyone's heart today. We'll see you on the flip side. And we're coming back into Youth of a Nation, and that's another great song. Once again, you probably don't want to look at the song lyrics on that one because it's pretty rough. All right, Fake News Friday, we're in round two. And just to recap our stories, the first one, 6,000 birds were found in a 1,000-square-foot home in Columbus, Ohio. Story number two, in, in an MSNBC interview, Nancy Pelosi told the Democratic candidates to say whatever you have to say to win. And in story number three... The Florida police seek the driver of a car that ran over a poor little turtle named Jose that was a mascot for the school. Brooke, which one do you think is the fake story? I, I'm going with number three. I just heard on the commercial break, I don't know if I was hearing the same commercials as Arizona hears, but there was something about Nancy Pelosi lying, so that certainly isn't um, unfathomable. That's shocking. And, um, <laughs> I, I, I am shocked and shocked on that one. I'm shocked. Shocked, I say. <laughs> yep. Okay, so Brooke's going for story three, the, yeah. the Florida Jose turtle. Yeah, I want that one to be fake, too. Ramon, what do you think? I don't want Jose to get run over. That would be sad. I don't want him to get run over, either. Unfortunately, yeah. that is a true oh. story. Aww. Now, I was talking about that story with my teacher friends today on the on the beach, and they're like, why couldn't they just gone out and got another turtle and said it was Jose. You know, like when your fish dies at your house and you don't want your kids to yeah. know that the fish died, you go get another one? But the kids always spot it. That's not the fish we had before. You know, yeah, so, yeah, that's the, that is no, a, a true story. Thanks for bringing right, us down. I know, I know. That's all right. So now we're down to two stories left. We've got the 6,000 birds or the Nancy Pelosi saying to, to do what you have to do. So... That's actually a true story. Nancy Pelosi said, do what you ever have to do to win. So the fake news story is that 6,000 birds were found in a 1,000-square-foot home. It was actually 600 birds. And the reason I included this story is because Joe was getting on me this week for having two little ducks on my back porch. So I don't have 6,000 birds or 600 birds. I just have two. But, boy, they're loud, aren't they, Ramon? Those daggone things. Were, I listened the other day on the podcast. I could hear them playing as day. So that's our fake story. Fantastic. Right. So, <laughs> I did, so I, I won how many now? I got uh, one. You're, you two are tied. You two yeah, tied. One, tied. You're, you're, you're one and one. Fantastic. Right, so now, here's, now, now, in round three, it's possible, uh, as a teacher, I can give extra credit. So in this one, there's four stories. 
two of which are fake and two of which are true, and you can try to pick the two and see if you can get extra points. How about that? Oh, all that sound right. good? This is what's called a field test question. We're trying to see if this will work. All right, so this one out of the Arizona Republic. GOP candidate running for office in Arizona says, make ballots English only. Steve Gaynor, running for Secretary of State, said his printing plant just produced an information pamphlet with 18 languages on it. And Gaynor said that uh, counties could decide if they want to print materials in Spanish. And he also said learning English would help immigrants assimilate into American society. That's story one. Story two. A suspected ISIS member is accused of killing an Iraqi police officer, is captured in Sacramento, California. Omar Amin is accused of killing Iraqi police officer, being a member of al-Qaeda in Iraq, and building and planning IEDs. He relocated to Sacramento as a refugee and did not mention his ties to terrorist organizations when seeking refugee status as a green card, U.S. officials said. That's story two. Story three. Baltimore City Schools implement a grade policy requiring a 1.0 or a D average to play. The result, no, te- no teams were able to be fielded at six city schools. The policy was based on the last academic quarter or their summer school grades. And then story four, the New Mexico compound where children were allegedly being trained to conduct school shootings was bulldozed by authorities. The Department of Justice did not want it to get out that this was a staging area for the infamous Fast and Furious project that uh, allowed guns to go into Mexico. So as a story one, Arizona candidate says that ballots should be English only. Story two, suspected ISIS member is captured in Sacramento. Story three, Baltimore City Schools implement a grade policy requiring just a D average to play and the result no teams were able to be fielded. Or story four, the New Mexico compound was bulldozed to, to cover up government malfeasance. All right, you have two choices here of which ones could be fake. So, Brooke, what do you think are the two fake ones? Hmm, I think, I think I'm going with three. Okay. And, hmm, I think one. One and three. Okay, one and three. Ramon, what do you think? I am going with the, um, the grades for sports. I think that's three. Okay. And then uh, number four, was it the bulldozing the uh, home? Okay, all right, so here we go. Story number one, Brooke, good job on this one. This mm. is true. Ramon, you should have gotten that one. You live in Arizona. That's a true story. Okay. Uh, story number two is also a true story, believe it or not. And can you believe that he did not tell the immigration people that he was a terrorist and planted IED bombs and killed an Iraqi police officer? Can you believe he said that when he came to get refugee status so he didn't say it? I'm shocked, once again. Okay, Shocking, so that's yeah. a true story. Yep. So, Brooke, once again, you get another point for story three. The ball, I actually made this one worse than what it actually was. They actually have a policy of a C average. Ah, that's what I was thinking. And D that was low. That, yeah. That, well, I hate to tell you, it wouldn't matter. They would still have the same effect if it was a D average. Oops. Um, but, yeah. Wow. So, so what happened, what's happening with this one is they're going to move that policy to the winter sports to, to give everybody fair notice that, that you have to have at least a C average, they're still going to have the same results. Okay? And then the New the Mexico compound being bulldozed to cover up the Fast and Furious plot, that's also fake. So, uh, Brooke, you have two points, and Ramon, you have three points. So, Ramon, you're the big winner this week. Yes. Congratulations. All right. <laughs> All right, Brooke. Awesome show today, man. You did great on that. Coming in cold, never playing uh, fake news Friday before. You rocked it today. That well, is awesome. Thank Would you, you like to come on again and do this? Sure, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, 
Hey, so, been... so give us, can you tell us a little bit about the Grandpa's Gun and Pawn uh, event this weekend? Can you kind of tell us what's going on with that? Yeah, we're gearing up for that tomorrow. Um, got a free pizza at, from uh, Topper's Pizza, and we have uh, Patriot Trading will be there with gold and silver for sale, which is pretty exciting. We forgot to say that yesterday, so we will have some of that for sale there. And uh, we have U.S. Law Shield coming to uh, talk and answer questions, and we'll have some cornhole for the kids to play at the beanbag game, if nobody knows that term. That and sounds, we're going to have a lot of fun. That sounds great. We'll, we'll bring you back on next segment to talk about that some more. Yeah, we'll be back. Final segment coming up on a Fake News Friday. Where has time gone? We'll be right back. And welcome back to Fake News Friday, Patriot Radio News Hour. Brooke, you did awesome today. Ramon, you did great, too. Now, Brooke, I'm going to send you some nice parting gifts. Ask Ramon all about it. He got some steak knives and a year's supply they of toothpaste. fantastic, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely no expense was spared on those parting gifts, let me tell you. Uh, uh, Brooke is on the line, and, uh, you know, Jason was not able to be with us here today. So in honor of Jason, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to play this. That's all. That's all. <laughs> Next time Jason comes on. Uh, you know what? I want to believe, too. I am Fox Mulder all day long. Uh, I, 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 I was just watching that the other night. I mean, I love that show. It's one of those, the old ones. I didn't necessarily like the new ones so much, the remakes, but the old ones were great. So that's awesome. Brooke, so, does Jason uh, Brooke, watch that show? He, yeah, he has. It's been a while since we've watched it. I think he's been wanting to get Jack to watch a few more episodes. Does he think it's a documentary or an actual television show? <laughs> Well, you know, I'm starting to believe more. If it's a conspiracy, it's probably true. The more outrageous it sounds, it's probably true. And that's kind of what fake news is teaching us, too, isn't it? It's all this outrageous stuff. It's got to be true. Brooke, I absolutely agree. You have no idea how hard it is for me to come up with these fake news stories because the real stories are so outlandish. It, You know, it, it, it's unbelievable. Like, uh, Brian sent me a couple yesterday, and I'm like, are these fake news stories or are these real news stories? He sent me the one about the people getting killed in Tajikistan. I'm like, this can't be real. There's no way that can be real. When I first read the one about the little turtle getting run over, I'm like, there's no way that's possible. So, no, it's crazy. Um, so, awesome. Um, Poor so Jose. Tomorrow, yeah. I know. So, so tomorrow, the, the big event at Grandpa's Pawn and Gun. Um, what are the hours of that, Brooke? That is 11 to 3, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and um, Jason and Brian will be doing live radio from 11 to 12, and we'll just be there the rest of the day. Awesome. That's great. Hey, I, I want to do a couple quick things on this day in history. In 1960, Gary Powers pleads guilty in his Moscow try for, for spying. That's when he was shot down on that U-2 spy plane. In 1987, 93-year-old Rudolf Hess, a former Nazi leader and deputy to Adolf Hitler was found hanged to death in his Spandau prison. And in 1998, oh, this is terrible, Bill Clinton admits to his affair with Monica Lewinsky. Remember when he banged the, the podium? I did not have sex with that woman. Bang, bang on the de- Monica Lewinsky. You know, and then he had to admit it. And then notable, notable birth. In 1786, Davy Crockett, frontiersman and politician, he died in the defense of the Alamo. And one of his quotable quotes was, and I, I can't say the one word again, you can go to H-E-double hockey sticks, and I'm going to Texas. 
Okay, that's what he did when he lost his bid for re-election. He said, "Well, you all can go there. I'm going to Texas." And then he ended up at the Alamo. Now, one of, once again, the Disney version of the Alamo movie is not exactly what happened. It's, it's believed that he did not go down fighting. It's believed that he was taken prisoner and then stabbed to death by the Mexican general or one of the Mexicans, not Santa Ana, but one of his deputies. And that that doesn't make good history books or good Disney movies, but that's what happened to him. And oh, then, Glenn, you're, Ramon, you're, you're, you're sharing so much uh, sunshine today. You're bringing us, uh, bringing us all kinds of happy stories. All right, well, here's a good one. In 1960, Sean Penn was born. Fast times at Richmond High. All I need is a tasty wave and a cool buzz. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so that'll on a light note, we'll end that. All you Colorado people, I guess that fits you guys. All right, so uh, Topper's Pizza, Grandpa's Pawn and Gun, go out, Colorado folks. Fake News Friday, we'll see you on Monday. Hopefully Joe will be here. Have a nice weekend. <laughs>